Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 107. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Terry. Hey, everybody. And Ian. Good evening. And Mac. Hey, everybody. And the dumbass himself. Bow, wow, wow. <laughs> Very good. How is everybody doing this evening? I'm doing great. Well, it's, it's good to hear. Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, just all right? Just all right. All right. And Mac? Okay. Well, I'm fine, but not dandy. Okay. <laughs> well, anybody got anything fun going on? Well, I went and saw the Winter Soldier for my birthday. And Captain what America, think? the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Is that a play? No. Opera. No, <laughs> it's an. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, uh, Shakespeare's eighth play. <laughs> ye tragedy of ye winter soldier. Now is the winter of our discontent. Now is the winter soldier of our discontent. <laughs> yeah, I saw that this weekend as well, or last Made weekend. Glorious spring by the Steve of Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And of course, I survived AnomalyCon. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. What? So, what happened at AnomalyCon this year? Um. Well. Um. I actually won a trophy because I um, – every year they've had a mystery. Normally it's a murder mystery this year because the um, theme was revolution. It was trying to figure out who the spy was among the um, guests. And I actually figured that one out, so I got a trophy for it. Um, Is that like um, at uh, at um, DEF CON, they, they play uh, Spot the Fed. Is it like that? Uh, no, this one, what it is, is you're giving clues somehow. Each year it's slightly different the way they've done it. Last year you had to keep an eye out for things and hunt down anyone that was wearing an armband for the information. This year, basically you had to decipher things and figure out a code, then figure out how to get the next part of the code kind of thing. I actually, like I said, I, I did real good with that, but the main thing I did this year was I ran the Doctor Who trivia on Friday and Saturday night, and that was a lot of fun. And I got drafted into a panel to run the panel on the Star Trek science, basically how Star Trek has affected, uh, influenced science and stuff like that. And that was a very last minute thing because the guy who was going to run it had some uh, medical problems. And like two days before the con, he apparently contacted um, Kronda and said he couldn't make it. So she contacts me because she knew I'd be there. I was like, hey, can you run this for me? All right. That's and, cool. Yeah. Have, have you guys done that on the show before, the Star Trek science? Uh, not Star Trek specifically. We've done the science of sci-fi way back when. So I even mentioned the podcast um, while doing it because you know I had done it before. And so we might actually have new listeners. So boom, if you actually you know use the card and starting to listen to our podcast. Hi. Hey, boom. <laughs> Did you give out some cards? Yeah. Good. Boom, she was cool. She um was someone we were hanging out with at the con. She was at the Doctor Who Trivia on Friday. And then she ended up at the Star Trek panel I was just talking about. And she had apparently written a thesis on the science Star Trek. And so oh I announced that this was kind okay. of a last moment thing. It's like, hey, you know, I, I probably can help you. It's like, yes, yes, we will draft you into the panel because I am not prepared. Well, you know, Lawrence Krauss wrote a whole book on the physics of Star Trek. It was actually was a good panel. Yeah. Um, a lot of interesting comments and you know ideas about you know the workings of the science of it all. So, and not only kind of stuff. I love. And also, Kong. if you reverse the polarity of something, you can fix anything. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't quite get into that. We we got into actually some of the drawbacks. You know, like what would happen if we um, technology really did go that direction. Some of the possible flaws and stuff like the transporters and um, the replicators and stuff like that, and how it's. Like, you know, it, it would actually not necessarily go the way you'd want it to. Sure. So. Well, with that inertial, they have to have some sort of inertial dampener. Uh, so I'm we also talked about well, religion briefly. I am echoing. Is it just me? Uh, I wonder if it's something I'm doing. Uh, I kind of faded a bit, but... No, we actually did talk about religion in the Star Trek verse, and I actually said I don't think it would go away because Star Trek doesn't really seem to deal with religion much. Um, you know, it, well, they but, do when it comes to other races. Yeah. They have religion, but right. kind of, but you, they well, show Earth is having kind of no religion. Yeah. My, my theory was the, the Vulcans have a have a lifestyle philosophy, but it's not really a religion. Yeah, yeah I suppose but they've, not. they've encountered races that have strong religious stuff. But my, my point was they've also encountered uh, several gods or godlike beings. Yeah. Yeah, thanks to William Shatner. <laughs> but my main thought on that was I think religion will 
evolve and while not necessarily be exactly what we have now it'll still be there i don't think it you know whatever we may desire it's i don't think it can go away i think in the future it will still be there in some form or another it will have evolved it'll change catch up to the times that's generally what it does do you think it will be more marginalized though isn't it becoming more marginalized anyway at least in the u.s and you know england and western cultures I mean, it seems like the correlation with like improving technology and the internet and access to information and learning more and more about our universe and all that kind of stuff. Well, we have some stories coming up that kind of make it look like it's in his last throes. You know, it's so desperate. But it's been there before, and then it's had a revival. Basically, mm-hmm. the revival has always been it catching up to times and saying, okay, we will change and try and adjust to fit in better. Sure. Well, you know, when you consider the fact that religion in many cases lives off of it, it exists on fear, they're really at their strongest when they believe that they're in their last throes or when people support the view that they're in their last throes. That's when you get the revival, and that's when you get everybody – you know, everybody thinking, okay, well, we, we don't want to do without religion, so we just have to get, we'll just have to start going to church again. Yeah. So in many ways, if if you've got people who are kind of supporting the view that it's in its last throes, they're just kind of supporting a fear. They're supporting a fear-mongering, essentially. Well, I mean, that's all religion is, at least in this country, is fear-mongering. Wait, but... are you talking about religion or the Republican Party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Same thing. You know, it's too bad that it's the same thing. It, it really didn't used is. to be. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. A lot of people like to say that um, uh, that we're in such an enlightened age now, and uh, these kind of and they're surprised that a lot of these kinds of things still exist in this day and age. When really, when you think about it, the, this whole idea of a secular society and the, the progress that we've, that we've made has been, you know, very fast in terms of uh, world history, and it's really not all that surprising that uh, it hasn't taken all of society, and it's not a sure thing that. Uh, it will, you know, um, take over all of society. So it's really um, not surprising at all to see that there are still people in this day and age who have uh, really antiquated beliefs like that. No, but, you know, the one thing that I I think we see is that as um, people have their needs met, that there's oftentimes less need for those kinds of superstitions, and at least they become more apathetic to them. Um, and they may not become atheists, they may not stop believing, but they're, but they're much less likely to give it credence in their everyday life. Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, um, yeah, I think uh, like that's why I think in the West it's uh, uh, particularly uh, that we see that uh, it's religion ha- re- religiosity has become a lot less intense because um, we have um, most of us are able to um, get our daily needs filled. Right, and I, but and but that's just Christianity that we're kind of that I'm referring to. There is Islam. Their numbers seem to be growing, don't they? Aren't they? Aren't they scheduled to overtake Christianity in numbers? I don't know. We should look that yeah, up. I, I thought that I had heard. Yeah, that. I think yeah. it depends on how you look at the figures. I mean, well, that's um, there are there are thread, uh, trends in these things where certain things increase and decrease. I'm not sure. I, I don't think you can really project it very far out into the future. No, I would I would agree with that. Um, but I, mean, I do I think, think that they're growing. Um, like sometime in the '90s, they were saying that. Uh, uh, I think by now that um, that uh, Christianity would become a minority religion. Uh, I think is what they were saying. They were projecting based on the nu- uh, based on the numbers, but that's that really hasn't happened. No, you're you're right about that. It's hard to predict these things. In fact, it's not even worth predicting. But I guess my point is is that um, I think Islam is growing currently faster than Christianity. And that's just in reported numbers. Who knows what that actually means, too? Right. I was thinking about how, I don't know how Muslims report, but the Mormons report, If I, my understanding is that if you have ever been a member, then you're still on the books no matter what. So their numbers might be artificially inflated or people like they've baptized posthumously get counted as Right. The Catholics do the same, too. Well, I think that, you know, at one point they try to baptize all the Jews, you know, through their baptism ceremonies and count them. So, yeah. yeah. Catholics I still the same think thing. the Mormons have the best have the best way of going, which is that they just you know posthumously uh, posthumously make you a Mormon after you're dead. Yeah, exactly. They just indoctrinate well, you, have you the after choice, you die. Though in the afterlife, to refuse that, like they just do the groundwork, and then you can you can accept it or not in the in the hereafter. Right. You can still choose not to be saved. That's right. Yeah. You can give God the finger. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. We got I, we got a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, this is one of those topics where we get caught on it. We can we can do it for a long time. But more importantly, it's time for the masturbation moment. 
Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. And this is another topic that once we get going... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the last few ones, I don't think we've necessarily really focused on masturbation. This time, we're definitely focusing on masturbation. Yeah, and bestiality. <laughs> this all started when, um, of course, you know me, I love my crack. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. You're a crack Torian. <laughs> so, anyways, cracked witnessed this article on five terrifying sex toys that prove we're overthinking sex. <laughs> no, they're, they're wrong. We didn't prove that. We're not overthinking it. <laughs> so the first one they have is the A-10 Cyclone SA. Isn't this thing awesome? <laughs> Which basically is a thermos that you stick your junk in and turn it on and apparently um, the, the, they talk about being like a Hoover, just kind of whirling around, sucking... <laughs> Well, it's also talking about it having a rotating brush inside there. And I'm not reading any further because I'm cringing. Well, and it's Bluetooth enabled, so you know it's got to be good. I assume it's a soft brush. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it looks kind of like it's got some sort of, you know, coating, you know, a little, you know, kind of sleeve in there. I mean, I don't know. As an owner of this product, I got to say. <laughs> It's so big. <laughs> so, well, yes, that's, that I've heard that before. Uh, so, no, that's not true. I've never heard that. <laughs> uh, so the second one is timetosquirt.com. I love it. <laughs> so uh, this one, I did, uh, I was really like, what? And basically. <laughs> There's no, basically, this is real simple. So what this is, is this guy has written a manual that he says by doing certain strokes and stuff and, and watching the timing that you can make any woman squirt. And actually, I've, I've seen this before and, you know, I've, I've looked for this PDF because I figure somebody has got to buy this thing and then release it somewhere where everybody can find it, right? Because you can't keep it locked away forever. But the watch that they're selling, it, it, the only, it, it's just kind of part of, you know, that's, it's a time to squirt thing. That's, it's, it's a, the watch is just a gimmick. What they're really buying here is the PDF with the technique. And okay, I, I, I don't know anybody who's ever gotten the PDF. I, I Could it possibly work? I, I have no idea. But the watch is a gimmick. So can I just say that if a dude is looking at his watch while he's having sex with me, we're done? Well, exactly. That's, well, that's <laughs> the whole thing, right? Say it in the article. Yeah. But all the watch, the watch doesn't do anything other than, I don't know if there's some timing things that you have to do with the techniques or something in the watch that you use it for that. But I mean, shh. You know, and really, I mean, let's face it, Terry, when you use these techniques, the woman is going to be so enthralled that she's not going to have time to notice that you're watching your watch. Well, this speaks, to, this speaks to a previous point that I totally agree with Dumbass on. Every woman is different. So having this little <laughs> checklist to achieve some kind of result is bullshit. No, I, I, I well, I've said that before, too. It's not just Dumbass. Dumbass That's and I agree. We're, we're of one mind on this. You know, I'm thinking of there are those flash games where... Um, you know, usually it's like a Japanese dating game, dating sim, where you have to click the mouse and clicky, 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 clicky to reach, to make the bar reach a certain level to get to the next level with the girl. Right. And I'm picturing yeah. a display right. like this on the watch. Well, can you imagine? The watch well, is on the guy's wrist. Why haven't you even taken the watch? I mean, there's so many things wrong with this. <laughs> For Pete's sake. But it's just so funny that this guy is, he's saying that, you know, every, every woman could score. I don't know if that's physically possible. I don't know if every woman is capable of this, but wouldn't that be awesome if you could, if you could make any woman like squirt like that. I mean, it would be like playing a video game. It would be fantastic. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's going to make you women feel good, Brian. Yeah, well. Let's, yeah. Next. Let's move on. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> women is video games. Wait. An episode of the Big Bang Theory. We are the video game generation, right? <laughs> <laughs> then just have just masturbate to your video game. Why well, okay. With... All right. So let's move on to teledildonics. Love pals. <laughs> now, this reminds me of the Big Bang Theory where they would joke around with these things that you kiss and it's supposed to make you feel like the other person's kissing you. <laughs> um, and same idea, except for this time it's sexual. Basically, you have one for the guy, for the girl. And so if you want to have cyber sex, you can basically each use a sex toy on yourself and have the feelings 
<laughs> be transmitted from one to the other. And yet one more reason never to leave the house again. <laughs> well, I mean, this, these so things wait, are... Is that a prostate? No, 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 there's a his and hers here. Yeah, you can link it up over the internet. And so the guy puts his on and the girl inserts hers. And as you move, you're supposed to feel each other moving, even though you'd be like, you know, half a a world away. Again with video games. (laughs) Exactly, right? From looking at the video, I'm not, I'm not sure that the movements are really uh, 100% accurate to what you're doing on the other end. Probably yeah, not. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures of them, and I can't see that quite working that way. So this is tangentially related. I saw a headline that said that um, like some huge percentage of sexed messages are total lies. So this would be an easy system to game in that same way. Like you say, oh, I'm totally touching myself, and you're like at the grocery store, whatever. Exactly. (laughs) Phone sex is a fraud. Uh, So then we get into Glance, which definitely was disturbing. Basically, Glance was made for um, Google Glasses. And what they do is they connect up so that you see what your partner is seeing. Basically, you look while you're doing your partner, you are seeing your own face. Okay. So if you're having sex with a narcissist, that will turn the narcissist on. Yeah, and most everyone else will be completely I, I don't I don't want to watch myself while I'm doing it. Sorry. You know what? Not... I mean the the better way to have used this product would have been to make the Google Glass looking when you're looking at the other person to make them look better. <laughs> That's called beer. Well yeah, so right, but wouldn't it be awesome if you could make your partner look better in real time? Uh, I can see a lot that's of couples just, having uh, arguments uh, over that one. <laughs> Brian, that's just opening the door for everybody to be to be basically having sex with the avatar cam. So let's go back. So we were talking about the we're finishing up with the the Google Glass before we had our echoing issue, and I gave some improvements. And uh, where were we? <laughs> In general, I see this one being the major turnoff. I, I, you have to be a, a really certain mentality to actually have that make you arouse. So you know, it's funny because you know the discussion we were just having why I wasn't recording it would be perfect for for what you're referring to here. How different is this from having a room full of mirrors, though? Well, yeah, right. Also, when you're in the middle of climaxing, are your eyes even open that often? I'm, I'm trying to picture, I don't, you know, when I'm really getting into it, I'm not necessarily looking at my wife. And but so they, it doesn't matter. Oh, this, hey, look, this... I have a video to look at now of me. The mirror on this healing is not for while you're climaxing. It's why you're get, it's for why you're getting there. Well, and the I, advantage you know, of the mirrors is that you, say take, all you, you can want. take the damn glasses off. Right. Say all you want. All I can think of is the line from the movie. I don't even remember what movie it was, but, or it was a comedian who was saying, hey, I got a great idea for a movie. Hey, film my ass. <laughs> That was Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks, right. Bill Hicks. Yep. All right, we got one more sex toy to go here before we get sidetracked again. Last one. Well, last one from this list, anyway. We got some some other goodies coming up. Yeah. Stay tuned, right? We're not done with sex toys. disturbing, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically, we figured um, Dumbass was waiting for us to do this story because the next few things... Or that he's contributed. All right, but but uh, but finish up with sticking your head in the dragon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what is this? Vortoy? Is that what this is called? That's what they're calling it. Nice. Um, okay. So. Okay. Well, just read this first part. Really, if you're not comfortable with the idea of a grown ass man lubing himself up and stuffing himself in a huge rubber dragon head for kicks, walk away now. <laughs> I'm walking away. You guys continue. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out exactly what this whole thing is. I'm like, who came up with this as a sex toy? Come on, I'm trying to. Fit. What's the turn off? I mean, really? Come on, it's a big ass yep. dragon head. Basically, it. it you stick your head in a giant rubber vagina is what it looks like. Well, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I mean, how many men are not trying to get back in? <laughs> I'm having trouble understanding sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of my things. It, <laughs> and it, and it, uh, well, I remember reading and having the same thing. So I don't completely understand what is going on well, and it's got a, And it's and got a pump. That's that makes this more disturbing. Yeah, it's got a pump. And, and it, oh, it doesn't it, seem like all that disturbing a... Uh, 
a thing to me. Just I, I'm actually uh, really glad that people who have this fetish are a- able to buy things that help them with that. <laughs> I get it. His head's in there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah, his head's in there. But his head's in the giant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, his head's a giant one. There's a smaller one that he can play with. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, what You know, to, to Dumbass's point, is this a real fetish or is this just a novelty that somebody made? Well, there's a there's a real fetish, but cool. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a physical fetish for actually being eaten as much as I, I don't know if there's as much of a physical fetish or if it's a more of a mental fetish. But there is a vor fetish. OK. What All right. Vor, should I ask? Me? Yes, you should ask uh, what vor means. Vor is basically a fetish for seeing people being eaten or for being eaten yourself by creatures. We're talking, you know, cannibalism yeah. here, right? Uh, we're talking, we're talking Boba Fett and the Sarlacc. Okay, nice. There's a uh, coyote story about um, teeth and called teeth in their vaginas or something. It's a Navajo vor fetish. I don't. I, guess. I, I wish that I, there were some like some pictures of the inside because how do you breathe with your head inside I, of there? There's so much of that that I couldn't figure out. I'm not sure if I want to to some extent. Well, I want but, to. I want to know. Do the research and learn exactly what that thing is. Inquiring minds, baby. I agree with Dumbass, though, that like this is a really harmless, I mean, whatever. Yeah, no, it's it's a little funny looking to us, but I tell you what, if you have that fetish, hey, this is awesome. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, thanks to Dumbass, we can travel back in time. Nice. This thing is great. The uh, 1800. Well, yeah, I um actually, you know, I noticed uh, your little list there, and I said to myself, you know what? I think I can do better than that, <laughs> and um, I, I think I pretty much owned your little list, or um, as the kids say these days, I pwned it. Yeah, I, I, I give it to you, man. The stuff you found. This is this thing is awesome. I mean, it's basically an egg beater. Yeah, well, it looks like you must sit down, stick it in, and just you know. <laughs> I wouldn't think stick it in. I well, was thinking clitoral stimulation. No, but was no. I, I wonder, considering the time when this was being used, was this being used by a doctor on a woman, and and you know, as a cure for hysteria? Uh, look at the handle. The handle almost suggests it has to be um her using it on herself. Okay, uh, is it an insertive device? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it? I was thinking it was clitoral almost. I mean, maybe I'm really. Wrong. Yeah. What, what are we looking at here? Oh, you, I see what you're saying. You're kind of holding the handle, and it's kind of up at the chest, and then you're turning the thing, and the little thing yeah. is kind of vibrating on the clitoris? That's what it looks That's like. What is I that what's going on here? Nice. That's what it looks like how it works to me. Is you know, you, because uh, That's the only thing way I can see it fitting somewhere. I mean, you know, it, it, it's definitely made to be used on oneself. Because you can't turn that crank, right, if it's right. the other way. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, I think you, you probably – yeah, you're right. You've got to be. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Does this come in a right-handed and a left-handed model? I'm just asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Depends on how you mount it. Okay, this next one is pretty fabulous. And, of course, then we have the steam-powered one. Nice. <laughs> that is, for you know, every fan of um, steampunk out there, this is the thing you want to... <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is uh this is quite the picture. I mean that's quite the apparatus there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh what I like is the text too. Like you can't quite read Rejected the whole thing. But... By the US patent <laughs> <laughs> Crowds that turn out to watch them do their stuff, both on and off their mighty steeds. <laughs> what what I like about this is that you know it's some it's a it's a it's something you can get off with that could potentially blow up in the process. I mean this could be dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah, how many more moving parts you put on <laughs> Oh. oh man! And somewhere there's got to be a heating element. Man, That's this... all you want. One of those. Exactly. Maybe lubricate that chain somehow. Yeah. yeah right. Well, <laughs> now would you use a dry lube for that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I don't know. I might use a dry lube for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then of course we have from Gizmodo. This is awesome. Um, if you have a vampire fetish, this is definitely the way to go. Basically, um, it is a rubber mouth with vampire teeth. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is like one of those like uh, plastic tube vagina things, but with a with a vampire yeah. mouth. This is. But what I but I don't know is can you is this one of the ones that you you can fill with water? Because some of them you can fill with warm water, but since it's a vampire, you might fill it with cold water. Anybody? The mind. <laughs> you don't want mirrors for the rain. Uh, um, you might not need a mirror. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, it's in, it comes in a fake bear can. I guess that way you can just you know leave it out. No one's going to question. Like, oh, he's a can of beer by his bed. 
But it's the, it's the freakiest looking sex toy you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I don't know if I could put myself into something like that. Uh, You're overthinking it if you couldn't. Okay, and here's here's where I'm having a problem here. Those really look more like male teeth and male lips. Than, uh, <laughs> oh. Am I am I wrong? Um, no. Uh, no. I wonder why that is. I wonder why if it's something about their proportions or the size of the yeah, teeth. I don't know. I mean, because the, the arches on the lips are very feminine. You know, if if there were if those if those lips were red, I don't think we'd yeah. be having that same discussion. I think it's the I think it's the thickness of the canines. Well, that could be. The thickness of the canines make me think male um, rather than female. But I don't know. You're right. The lips are the lips are lush. Yeah. But you can't really see them that well. They blend in. Well, and that's I what I'm saying. The fact they, that the, yeah. I think the fact the lips are not colored is a problem, is, yeah. is part of it also. Is this silicone or latex? Because you expect female vampire lips to be very, very red. Yeah. No. yeah. Well, and anyone's lips have color. That's the other thing. The fact that the lips don't have any color, neither do the teeth, that's a bit disturbing. Well, yeah. yeah. I was going to so. say that Dumbasses Link says the vampire-themed sex toy for males yeah. Well, I but don't. I guess, how do yeah, woman? How would a woman sex. use no, this? I was, I was thinking that it was for for gay men somehow, but I. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not so sure. Right, it's then, a flashlight. Just, <laughs> just to prove that the sex toy industry does not discriminate against species, um, couple companies have actually come out with, <laughs> oh, rubber sex dolls for dogs. <laughs> Because one of them on the campaign is tired of your dog humping your leg. <laughs> Need an excessively expensive solution that friends are sure to spot in their small apartment. You know what though? About. I mean, they're selling this like for you to buy for your dog, but let's let's face it. We we know, you know. Come on. <laughs> come on. So well, from I, the cattle industry. You know, I, I think if you really love your dog, you know, you got to get one. If you don't get one of these, you don't truly love your dog. Well, this is only for male dogs, though, right? The sex is sex toy. I would guess only for male dogs. I'm not sure. And, you know, let, let's uh, the female dogs into, you know, lesbian doggy sex. So from the cattle industry, I know that um, really prize bulls semen is very valuable and so you need to collect that semen right and then you right. sell the semen and artificially inseminate yeah I, i've seen those set up they use more like the the fleshlight type of deal though yeah yeah it is um and there's actually there there's a there's a story that i read in a uh there was a series of books by a, a yorkshire veterinarian starting with a starting with i think the book the first book was all things bright and beautiful but i know in, these books you know these books and in one of the books they had to collect semen from a bull, and the guy who was assisting the veterinarian brought him the device and almost got him killed because he filled it with boiling hot water. Oh, my God. I don't remember that part. <clears throat> I do. Hmm. <laughs> now, apparently at one point, if you read the whole thing, it says, just demonstrate to your dog how to have sex with a fake dog, and that, it's off running. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> it's not just for your dog. Okay, I'm going to show you this one more damn time. <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> and if you don't so get you, it this time, I'm taking it away. So we have two different versions of it. One, and this, um, the hot doll, um, kind of a basic dog form, but all simple geometric shaped. You know, all, all, all spheres, basically. And apparently it comes in either white or black. If you're, you know, picky about. Then the other is a doggy lover doll, which is a little bit more dog shape in its form. But they both look to be pretty much the same kind of thing. <laughs> that thing looks like a damn Kong toy. Yeah, I really prefer <laughs> the other one myself. <laughs> the more abstract one? Yeah, I like the, I think it, I think it's actually probably better. Uh, and the more abstract one also apparently comes in different sizes, too. <laughs> right, and that's important. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Now, as an owner of one of these... I have a bias against dogs, size of dogs. Oh, they, yeah, because they're all I'm little just, dogs? They're all tiny little dogs. <laughs> all right. You know, what you need to do is you need to get your, your small dog, a large one of those, to practice on, or otherwise we're never going to actually get the chance to breed a Chastiff. A <laughs> Chastiff. That's half Chihuahua, half Mastiff. Oh, oh <laughs> I'm not sure that that's really necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we better move on. I mean, I know that we're, we're going to move on to the what the fuck are they thinking section, and I know that we just kind of got out of that section. But this what we have in story is something completely right. different. Yeah. Okay. So the first story here, Mississippi sex ed class compares women to dirty pieces of chocolate. 
Uh, we have so many times in the past bitched about the stupid, idiotic, absolutely sex education and how it doesn't work. Well, apparently, th this is more of the absence only, and what they do is they take a piece of chocolate, pass it around the class, have everyone touch it, and then say, you wouldn't want this now because it's been used. You know, I... It's it's funny because they're using a York peppermint patty here and and I'm and I took this differently because I mean those things are yummy and so are so are women and so I'm not sure what the problem is. Here's the problem. I, I'm thinking they unwrapped it. Oh, they unwrapped it. Every time every time I handle a woman, just gotta wipe my hands off on my <laughs> pants, just get it all over myself. <laughs> so the problem is they unwrapped it. It's a, it's actually a really good lesson in using a condom, right? Exactly right. Okay, so yeah, so so wrap that thing, wrap that puppy up and pass it around. I'm thinking that because they used a peppermint patty, that the estate of Charles Schultz should sue them. <laughs> this is such an old character. theme of uh, you know. Equating women with like used chewing gum or yeah, well that's what you they, know. they talk right. about using gum and um, used toothbrush and stuff like that. No, I and, I, I think that um, these comparisons and, and are. I buy the cow if you're getting the milk free. <laughs> Women are, are repeatedly food metaphors. Well, and yeah. as we've learned in the past that, you know, sex is the only way that women have to control men. So they need to watch that commodity very closely. Well, it's the value, our values and our virginity. But so why does a husband want to have sex with his wife more than once if she's like a used up you know, piece yeah, of chewing gum? Right. Why doesn't he just move on to the next one? I mean, and then I love the toothbrush metaphor, you know, it's like, you know, does you, does somebody want to use a used toothbrush? No, but you're supposed to throw it away and get a new one every three months. <laughs> but and they, they quote Elizabeth Smart. If you recall, she was yeah. one of the um, girls who was kidnapped and kept and she had even, I, I remember her talking about this because she had said one of the reasons why she didn't really push to leave is because of this kind of teaching. She thought her life was over because she yeah. had been raped. She yeah, thought so she all had, of her value as a human being had been removed she had been because told, she had been taught this shit. Yeah, she had been told that, you know, your, your, um, Virginia was like a piece of gum. Once, um, you know, it, it's gone, no one's going to want you because it's going to be all chewed and nasty. And she had that in her head. And, you know, so... Right there is a real-life incident where this kind of thinking caused a lot of harm. And it's and never incumbent on the guys to maintain their virginity in the way that it is for girls, right? We're not passing around a melty ice cream cone or something. No, we, <laughs> no, we're exactly. We're going to get a new toothbrush every three months. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, there's definitely standard about virginity. You know, guys, it's not that big of a deal. With well, girls. when you say standard, you mean double standard. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, and it's sad that's still going on that, you know, no matter how much comes out saying this stuff doesn't work, this stuff causes more harm than good, still, these backward counties are thinking that this is what they should be teaching their kids in school. Well, and it's, it's like, no. It's, the, it's religion and it's the um, inequality inherent in our society that in so many places women are still second class. Yeah. And it's it's sad. It's it's one of the things that um this podcast is definitely trying to fight against. Wish there was some way to get the message out there because so many of these things, common sense could fix so many of our problems if we get out of these traps that um, certain pockets of our society build. Well, you know, interesting to go back to Terry's point. You know, not only are are they are they second class, but they are being told by a lot of these religious right people that if they try and strive for equal rights, they're devaluing themselves, well, which is a backwards argument. But that's what they're telling us. Well, we're being told by a lot of conservative fundamentalists right now that the main thing that's destroying our society is feminism. Right. Exactly. So it's women, women striving for equal rights is destroying our culture. Right. And, so we're all confused now. We don't know our place in society, all this blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Crap. And by doing that, women are devaluing themselves. No. And therefore, we need to repeal all access to birth control so that we can keep women pregnant where they belong. Right. Well, exactly. And to, you know, and to that point, you know, Hobby Lobby has taken that all the way to the Supreme Court. But yet they invest money in, in manufacturing of birth control. Yep. That's nice. Isn't it? That's nice and hypocritical. <laughs> it's nicely hypocritical, right? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. So, yeah. So, I mean, this kind of stuff is unfortunate. It's, it's going around, but it's not widespread, right? That this is, this is, it has a limited market. It, it, I it, so. it, it doesn't seem like it's fading more and more. It, well, it, the, it's fact that, up, but. the fact that it made the news, right? If it was really widespread, it wouldn't be newsworthy. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's not necessarily so true, though. If it's a no, if it's a slow news day, they'll grab on anything to uh, 
make the news. Sure. Well, and that's yeah, true, too. Yeah, no, my you... fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> oh, what so, else? Uh, so tell us how Lego is a tool of the devil. You mean Satan? Well, is my house is definitely full of. Yeah, you're you're already going to get your house burned down. I, 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 that's <laughs> that's a that's a foregone conclusion. I'll be there with the gasoline later on. But <laughs> well, okay. So most people probably have kind of noticed this, but as a collector of Lego figures, I've definitely been aware. But over the last few decades, your standard minifigure, which if you know most people probably call the little yellow head with a you know smile and two eyes, and that's it. Basic standard happy face for the head. Well, over the years, Lego has put more and more detail in these faces, and they've come with really cool ones. I, I, I love the Lego. I could actually do a whole thing on them alone. But apparently, um, some people don't. A um Polish priest. Yes, from, uh, yeah, that's funny, right? Because we can insert Polish joke here. <laughs> uh, has claimed that they are now the tool of the devil. Uh, How would he know? I assume that he just. Asked- I assume yeah, that he read the Brick Testament, which is the Bible in Lego, and he just thought that that was the darkest thing he'd ever encountered. So I thought it was the best way to ever uh, read the Bible. I remember hitting the Brick Testament. Well, it's a lot better than a straight read, right? Yeah, definitely. But um, basically, he um he cited a study that showed that um, you know, the, the, the yeah. Hey, what's going on now? What are they selling? I need to know. Where's the ad coming from? Nice. I hate those automatic ads. I can't find it. Okay, was from the. Looks like that was off the um, Brick Testament. Oh, is that is that where you got that? Yeah, apparently that ad's on Brick Testament. All right. Well, that's good to know. Find it, but I'll make sure to not open the page again. See, I tell you so, what, I know that ad block, you know, is sometimes, you know, deprives certain websites of advertisement. But when you're podcasting, ad block is a good thing. <laughs> we don't need those ads coming up automatically. I agree. Okay. So, um, basically, um, the facial expressions have gone from the basic happy face into, you know, the, a lot of, in fact, right now I got in front of me because I'm at, in my son's room on his computer. Um, he got the back to the future Lego set was really cool. And one thing they're doing now is they have reversible faces. On the front, they'll have, like, the happy, normal face. On the back, they'll have, like, a worried or panicked or um, angry face, depending on the character. And so instead of having all these happy faces, they have these faces that um, have actual expression to them. And some of them, yes, look angry and upset, but normally that fits the character. Um, you also have the, the, the whole monster squad thing, which one of these articles show uh, the picture of the vamp, the ghosts have been a wa- around for a while. The vampire, the, um, swamp monster, the werewolf, the Frankenstein's monster, and the mummy is what they show here. Right. There's a, a whole bunch of others. I got a couple zombies, which are really cool. But what they are saying is that these things are, are, are the work of the devil because of the faces, because yeah. they have faces on them. Like that, you know, and these werewolves and demons. Now that that they are automatic, the the devil. Yeah. And well, his actual quote: "Friendly fellows have been replaced by dark monsters. These toys can have a negative effect on children. They can destroy their souls and lead them to the dark side." Here's the thing, though. Here, so, this is not. This has nothing to do with the Legos, right? This is these yeah. people reaching. Is is he talking about Lego in general, or this particular line of Lego, or well, is he I, just? I think he's saying Lego general now. It, it's kind of like uh, it's one of those things where the Legos will draw you in and have all these evil things that will then corrupt. This has so got nothing to do. So it's yeah. a it's a, it's, a <laughs> it's a gateway toy. It's a gateway toy. So it starts with Lego and ends with McFarlane. Listen, these these guys will are, are going to try that. We're gonna we we see and we're seeing this more and more. Is that they are trying to apply their demonology, if you will, to anything. This is really not about the Legos, right? This is about these people trying to, to show metaphors of how Satan is taking over anywhere they can. It's a complete this stretch. Is about people trying to get their 15 minutes of fame. Well, there you go. They're right there. Well, they're ignoring the fact that in the Monster Squad, you have the heroes who are fighting the monster. You know, because they, they don't care. They're not, they're not ignoring it because it doesn't fit their narrative. They're just moving on past it. It's just right. fearmonger. It is. It, 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 so if they, anything, anytime they can apply Satan to anything that's popular, you know, that, that it gives them, they, they feel like they have that much a hold. Look at what they did to Harry Potter. There's nothing there, but yet, they, you know, they're, they did to Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the, the same thing. So some things. Anything kids like that takes them away from, from God, thinking about God. 
from but you know Bible Brick study. Testament. Get them to read the Brick Testament. They'll learn the Bible in a really cool way. I love the I Brick love, Testament. I love the Brick Testament. <laughs> but, you know, my very favorite panel is the Holy Ghost will come upon you when Mary gets impregnated. That is my favorite one. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're looking at, they start off with the with these monster hunter figures. And, you know, they end up with the, the with the Bricking Bad set from, from Walter White. <laughs> That's actually not an official Lego product. No, but there well, is actually, a there are Breaking Bad minifigures. That is awesome. There will be a Ghostbuster Lego set for two of them. Probably be expensive. They won't do a Firefly one. Lego has a whole new thing where you can go online to this one site and plan out Lego sets. And if they get enough support, the they will actually be reviewed. And that's how the Back to the Future set came about. Is someone um put it out there, got enough um support. Lego reviewed it, looked at the license, and said, yes, we can do that. Well, apparently Firefly was one that got through that process. And then at the end, Lego looked at it and said, you know, um, Firefly is not the kind of stuff we think is um, fits with the Lego um, you mission. Know, I would think I would buy a Lego Serenity. So. I know, that would have been so yeah, cool. probably best cool. they didn't do that. <laughs> well, but okay, but anyway, so, I mean, that that's cool. What Lego is doing is cool, right? We can agree on that. But bring it back to, to your, your Polish friend. <laughs> I I don't think he likes Legos in general. He's probably just no fun. Yeah, but why? What what, what is really going on here? I, I think he probably stepped on a brick as a child. <laughs> That's something you don't or recover as an from. Easily. Or oh as yeah, an or adult. as an adult. No, I that think I think that these things. This this brick stuff in the is, arch of the foot is not good. No, no, no. They're just they're just grabbing on anything popular, and if they can say something negative about it, like you said, Mac, they get their fifteen minutes of fame. You know. Let me let me bring up a little example. There was a there was a radio preacher. I've I've brought this guy up, Bob Larson, and he grabbed on the song "What If God Was One of Us," and he went completely negative on it. And I'm sitting here listening to him talk about this, and I'm like, okay. And you could have gone completely the opposite way and said God was one of us, and his name was Jesus. And I'm like, okay. So why did you go negative? And he went negative because going negative makes you controversy. And making controversy makes people pay attention to you. It's, you know, this is just this is just this Polish priests becoming the Westboro Baptist Church. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, hates Legos. So I, I've been reading real recently um, about this guy, his Swanson. He's actually a radio host here in Colorado. And um, he, he's been going off about Disney's Frozen, which is what actually encouraged me to go see the film. And when we were talking about the Lego stuff, it reminded me of, of this, of all of this stuff that's going on with the movie Frozen and, and, and how they're talking about how it's, um, how they're, uh, I mean, just, just the headlines. All you gotta do is read the headlines and know that yeah. they're ridiculous. Um, Disney's Frozen is a satanic push to turn kids gay. I don't know where that you know you you re, you watch the movie they never talk about it. there there's no there's not two girls kissing there's not two boys kissing um, actually I read um someone's whole thing on that and what it was the one older sister was hidden from society because they were ashamed of her no and, yeah, well, that, that, that's what they're that's her interpretation to. okay go ahead yeah. um and here she is coming out. And, you know, it's a big, big, huge relief for her at the end for everyone to accept her for who she is kind of thing. And this whole, basically, it was trying to relate her whole experience to, um, you know, society sending her and then her coming out and saying that, you know, oh, she's obviously that's supposed to be a metaphor for being a lesbian. And I've heard it. I've heard it mentioned as being a metaphor mental illness. Yeah. Well, well okay, but much. here's the, but here's, okay, are, are you guys ready? You want a spoiler? Is that okay? I've sure. seen it. Okay, so. The the older sister can do magic. She can make ice appear. And she almost kills her little sister. And she can't control it, right? And so they what they do is they is she they basically lock her away so she can't hurt anybody else until she until she learns to control it. They're trying to protect everybody by doing this. That's the purpose of, of separating them. But the younger sister has her her mind erased. She doesn't remember the magic, and so she doesn't understand why her sister can't come out and play anymore. Right. That's it. That's it. That's that's what they're interpreting as a gay message right there. And now I have okay. my sons run around to ask me if I want to build a snowman. <laughs> the best one is the is the censored one. Would you like to bleep a snowman? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm thinking of when I hear this, that they locked her away so she couldn't hurt her, her sister is I'm thinking uh, Rain Man. 
But they didn't lock her. I mean, her door is – she could get out if she wanted to, right? Okay, but she but, scared you know, hurt somebody. But my point. Okay. My point is that it, it reminds me of <clears throat> Rain Man where the, the boy remembered that he had a brother, Rain Man, but he didn't know why he never saw him again. Okay, until sure. he found out that until he found out that his brother was in an institution for for autism. So, but now there the the key piece, and I I don't want to play this piece of audio. I don't know how well it'll come across. Let me let me play this. And let, this is what I thought was really interesting because you know I I think a lot of times you know we we will embrace the idea of personal power, right? Of of you know of um of finding you know finding within yourself to accomplish something, right? Right. Well, so l- listen to this. And uh, so hopefully, um, hopefully this will play well enough, and I might have to cut it out and re-add it later, but see if you can hear this. If God does not exist, and we are ourselves God, then we make up the rules, and we can let ourselves go. We can let ourselves by. We save ourselves, and that's, that's what a lot of these movies do. I mean, even with, uh, with Frozen, uh, Anna, I think it was, saved herself. Mm-hmm. She had the frozen heart, and she did an act of love and saved herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's just the way it is with, uh, with when you're God, you make up the rules and what I just did wasn't wrong according to me. And, 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 and Steve, I wish that people would step back and ask, what's the ethic? What's the basic metaphysic? In many of these movies produced in Hollywood, God is not the source of power. God's not the ultimate source of ethics. And, and when God's not the source of power, then power is something that is achieved from within oneself or from within the closed universe, something that is discovered from within the closed universe. And uh, these magical powers you find in these movies, oftentimes not attributed to God himself. God is not recognized. God is not worshipped. God is not seen as the source of power. And thus, many of these magical tales turn out to be a means by which children are led into witchcraft. Is that a bit of a stretch? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, okay, led into witchcraft, but now it's led into witchcraft or or gay. Which which way are you going with? Does he really think people can make ice? (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's but that's his point. Now, all these little girls are going to think that they can, you know, make ice, and they'll try, and it will work, and they'll move along. (laughs) I can make ice. I can make ice. I can make ice. Okay, you guys keep trouncing, Ian. As far as I can figure, the moral to that one is don't actually try to change yourself. Go and pray instead, and God will do all the work well, for you. And that's exactly it, because she saved herself. She found the personal power to save herself, and instead of God coming out and doing it for her, instead yeah, of doing I, it the I, easy I, way. Trying to figure out how that's a bad thing. Well, that's exactly my point. How is that a bad thing? You know, we're, we want to empower our kids, right? But they, But they're saying empowering kids is bad. You know, women, women wanting equal rights is bad. It's the same message constantly in a different form. And with the Legos, the, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it comes back to what I was saying. It's all about making controversy so people will put your name in print. Well, exactly. If you but you can get some ink, if you can get your message, then you've won. But how much do they believe any of this stuff that they're saying? I think that at least the Swanson it. guy does. He may, but... You know, I'm, I'm cynical enough to believe that people will just come up with anything that gets some controversy. Well, I appreciate that. I, I applaud your cynicism, sir. Thank you. I've worked on it. <laughs> it's hard to tell, though. So, uh, you know, some of these guys, I think, really do believe what they're preaching. And what happens is you get enough other people that believe it as well. And that's when the problems start. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about D&D in the past. We've made references to in this podcast. But that's exactly what happened. Someone decided to go off on D&D, convinced enough other people that it was such an evil, horrible thing that was causing all the problems that, you know, the whole society, whole group of our society picked it up and started following it and still to this day will preach it. Right, and they made up a whole pack of lies to go along with it and blatant lies that were, were easily easily researched and find out that they were wrong. But because most people won't take the five seconds to go research anything, they don't know and they just believe it outright. And that's like I said, you know, they still believe it today. I, I guarantee you there are people out there who – you approach and talk about something like D&D, they will be horrified and be like, no, no, that's the gateway to Satan. So how long has Hollywood been making movies that include witchcraft? 
And turning and, kids gay? And turning kids uh, gay. And turning kids into least, witches. Uh, since at least Snow White in the 1930s. You know, the so problem... why don't we see <laughs> rampant gay. gay witchcraft kids all over the place? You know, yeah. they, they, they're mad at Disney because Disney has been, you know, kind of equal rights types of things. They, they, they're not, they, they won't, they won't come out and say gay bad. Instead, you know, oh. it, since it's becoming a normal part of society, they'll just include it in their show as a, as just oh. a normal thing and not make a big deal out of it. And, and Disney has, you know, th- there was criticism about the Disney princesses in the past about how, you know, they're always the prince save them. Right. Um, and, Frozen? No, you didn't need a prince to save you. They did such. That, that's one of the things they really did a good job with. In fact, the prince was a bad guy. Yeah, well, that's why they, these guys have a problem with it. Yeah, you they, know, <laughs> they, they they will be they they can criticize the mouse all they want, but they'll be laughing out of the other side of their face when the mouse buys their church <laughs> and makes a series out of it, and then does a bad sequel. <laughs> mm. All right. So hillbilly God's wife went to Terry's house and did a faith healing. Let's play that real quick. and I'm here in my garage with Hillbilly God's Wife. Howdy! Hillbilly God's Wife is here to perform a faith healing on my cyclocross bike. That's right. They won't let me do healings at the hospital no more. Them doctors got real mad when I was laying on hands where they needed to put them fancy defibrillators. Daddy Junior started all of them hearts right back up once I got out of the way and let them doctors get to work. Um, okay. Well, my drive chain is slipping out of gear. Let's listen to it for a second. I hear that. Let me just lay on my hand. Hey, why is it wet? (gasps) It's bleeding the devil's own black blood. Sorry, that's just drive chain loop. I'll clean the drive chain once I, uh, once we fix the bike. Here's a rag for your hands. Can you do the healing without actually touching the drivetrain? Yes'm, I'll just touch back here on the back. That's not actually part of the bike. That's the mechanic stand. Well, it's touching the back, ain't it? <coughs> Daddy Junior, I call on you in uh, Junior's name to heal this here back. Heal it from the devil's own black blood in Junior's name, Daddy Junior. In Junior's name, I command ya. Get rid of the black blood on this back. Make this back run smooth, Daddy Junior. In Junior's name. Okay, now try it. Okay, here goes. It's still not staying in gear. Well, thanks for trying, Hillbilly God's Wife. I think if I just turn this barrel adjuster counterclockwise just a little bit, that should tighten up the cable and fix the problem. Let's give it a try. Listen to that! It's fixed! It's a miracle! A miracle! Thank you, Daddy Junior! This has been Terry in my garage, fixing my own bike. So, uh, so Terry, it, it, it sounds to me like uh, Hillbilly God's wife um, was, was not exactly successful. Well, it depends on how you interpret it, right? Like, who told me how to fix the – how did I learn how to fix right. the bike? How did you know how to there? fix – because certainly once you fixed it, um, she took credit for the healing. She you, certainly well, you could not have. you could not have fixed the bike had it not been God's will to be able to fix the bike. Well, it was maybe it was hillbilly God's will that I work in a bike shop in college and learn how to do stuff like that. So that oh. – I mean, you know, it might go way back. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, she tried. She tried her hardest, and she sounded earnest and all of that. But um, – Did she yeah. have faith? Is your bike oh, well, fixed? She succeeded. My bike is – she had faith. My bike is fixed, and therefore, there you go. Yeah. But she talks, She talks about them not you letting her into the hospital. I've got some videos you should see. <laughs> <laughs> she talked about getting kicked out of hospitals, right, because she would try her faith healing there. 
and but she was in the way of the um, defibrillators and so they made her leave so that they could actually defibrillate people and once their hearts started back up she said that she claimed that uh, hillbilly god started their hearts back up yeah once she got out of the way when she got out of so the way, hillbilly so. god can do the miracles but but not her really she's like she's the she's the voice of she's like the faith healer who's uh, commanding hillbilly right. god to do the miracles okay. but it's actually uh-huh. hillbilly god but so this gets to a larger question though that i wanted to discuss for just a minute um I think that faith healing is total scam, um, and I think that especially if people are issuing, you know, uh, actual medical treatment, you know, in favor of faith healing, you know, there are all these factors that play into it and make it look like it's effective. I had always thought that the faith healers were like um, just charlatans, but does it matter whether or not they think they believe that they're doing something real yes, or not? Does, it does that change the equation? And, and I'll tell you why, because when we see people um, like pop off in that, giving up their 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 medicines for these things, thinking that they've got a healing and then having a relapse, it's a problem. So yeah. there's a problem when when people think that they're getting cured for cancer and they stop treatments, right? And then they, they and they relapse. So there is physical harm that comes with these kinds of things. I need to drop out, guys. Okay. Hey, thanks for joining us. Yep. See ya. See you later. Bye. So um, now that he's gone, we can get on to the real podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. no, I agree that there's real harm. And, like, it's, it's funny that she tried to fix my bike and it didn't really work and it took me actually fixing it. But then she took the credit for it. Well, and that's what we see, right? They would that if you if they give you healing, but you're still going to the doctor. Hey, but you know God was involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So hillbilly God's wife did not charge me money to fix my bike, but some of these people do. Well, they charge big money for a lot of these things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. If let's say that hillbilly God's wife did charge me money, and uh, she earnestly believed that she had had been the one to fix my bike is that's still not ethical though right it's it, just, it, no it's not it but i don't yeah. think that yeah how these people we continue to let them get away with it i mean why Popoff is still out there ministering i is boggling to me yeah um I, to the question of you know does it matter i mean uh there there is kind of a discussion on this i know um like pen Gillette has come out and said that yeah it doesn't matter um, and to an extent, I kind of uh, agree with him on that. It doesn't matter in that uh, you're going to have to, like, argue against uh, whatever it is the same way, whether it's uh, face healing or psychics or, or what have you. But um, for, for an, it does matter for another purpose. That is, you know, whether you want to call the person who's doing it a, an asshole or a fool, which um, I think a lot of people generally want to know. Sure, they and that that's yeah. a good point. Do they believe or not? That's a really good question. But still, because of the possible harm, I mean, I, I don't know. I think Pendulette is wrong because there is actual physical harm here to people, to many people. Um, and we know the other thing is like Popoff will have people in wheelchairs and he'll get them up and walking or to get them off of their crutches. You, and, you might have, you might have misunderstood. Okay. Uh, Pendulette actually said it doesn't it doesn't matter whether they're they're earnest or not that. Uh, uh, we we still need to uh, stop them just the same. You're right. I did misunderstand uh, because yeah, I, I we need to stop them whether 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 they're earnest or not. I tend to agree with that. That I agree with Pendulette. Then. So how do we stop them if they're earnest? Like if they're just charlatans, I think it's just a legal issue, right? It's it, like uh, practicing yeah. medicine without a license, or but, there's there might be some legal angle or something. But if they're earnest. How they, do you disabuse them of the idea that they are powerful healers? Well, I mean, I would, I'm going to be cynical here and say Popoff doesn't believe it. He doesn't care if he believes it. And because of, uh, because we have a, a uh, state church separation, because he's technically out there doing God's work, since he's doing it under that, that clause, he, he's hard to touch. Right. We, we have given them such a pass and, su- and, and we really give, um, special speech to these people. So that they yeah, can do, do this. Do. And we have to take away that special speech. But once we start doing that, then we're attacking religion. Even though we're trying to stop a particular harm, we're attacking their somebody's religion once we do that. You know, there there is another point in there, too. If somebody's genuinely in earnest about these kinds of things, then there I think there's a possibility that you might be able to reach it. Maybe a small possibility, but uh, you might be able to convince them that they're wrong. But if... Um, if the if they're like charlatans, then they don't care that they're wrong. So you're not going to be able to reach them, and you can just bypass any attempt to do that altogether. So, but could you educate the 
their followers or the people who are giving them money or like how do you those are the people you want to reach because but i mean but the point i guess would be how, how do we know for sure which ones actually believe it and which ones are the charlotte's which one do we try which ones do we try to reach through reason and which ones do we try to reach legally or do you bypass them and just try to go after the audience and try well, that, to... is, isn't the audience your best bet because you can shut the audience down then they kind of go away because they don't have the funding hopefully yeah right but it's hard to reach these people because i mean they're indoctrinated they're brainwashed they believe and not all of them right but i think that there's a certain amount of wanting this to be true that um that continues this stuff to uh to thrive well there's all that charisma too like in the hillbilly god's wife example so yeah the bike was fixed and the music swelled and you know miracle miracle if you were already predisposed to buy into that that would be pretty convincing i would think there is not as many big women charlatans in the game as there are men. I mean, I don't. I, is there a woman that's as big as Papa? I mean, maybe Cleo, know. right? <laughs> but it's a little different bracket. Oh, Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown. There we go. Psychic, but she wasn't doing healings, right? Right. Uh, I don't know. You know, but there, I mean, so we do have some. I mean, I guess I was just thinking. You know, Popoff, and he isn't as big as maybe he used to be. Um, w. V. Grant was huge. Uh, all those, all those guys were. Uh, Pat Robertson. Of course, he doesn't do that anymore. Pat Robertson. He's just too busy saying crazy stuff to do that. <laughs> He's great, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, it was interesting. It was it was just an interesting experience. I had never, um, I've never attended a faith healing or been involved in that in any way. So All right. Well, it's a fascinating ex- experiment. Okay. There's a new religious statue in the town of Davidson, North Carolina. Um, it depicts Jesus as a vagrant sleeping on a park bench. Um, let's see, from the article on NPR, it says, St. Albans Episcopal Church installed a homeless Jesus statue on its property in the middle of an upscale neighborhood filled with well-kept townhomes. Jesus is huddled under a blanket with his face and hands obscured. Only the crucifixion wounds on his uncovered feet give him away. The reaction was immediate. Some loved it, some didn't. One woman from the neighborhood actually called police the first time she drove by. She thought it was an actual homeless person. That's right. Somebody called the cops on Jesus. I just, I just thought that was kind of cool, you know, that um, the statue showed up in a neighborhood where they probably typically don't see homeless people or vagrants of any kind. And but is it uh, proving their point? Yeah, is I think it? it's, kind of, I think it's an interesting piece of work because um, clearly actually. God isn't providing for His Son. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought it was interesting in the way that it people possibly challenge their assumptions about homeless people and about their Jesus and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it was kind of, since it was provocative, I liked it. And I thought it was worth bringing yeah. up. Hmm. Well, it's interesting the reactions, you know, how do people react to that? And I, you know, these good Christians, I definitely could see them, you know, being a bit upset by, oh my God, it looks like we have a homeless problem now. In our there nice goes the neighborhood. Community. Yeah. I, I think that says a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I thought it was just really interesting. So well, that that's it, yeah, I mean, on the other side of the church, they installed a glory hole. <laughs> <laughs> that must be the cognitive dissonance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the that's their tribute site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't I don't know what to say about it. I got nothing other than yeah, I no, think it's I a little just... funny because the idea that you know if you believe in God, the Lord will provide, and here's Jesus, you know, penniless, sleeping on a sleeping on a park bench. Right. Yeah. That's really how Jesus was. He didn't have money. He didn't, yeah. but he it's, but he always had a place to stay. He was yeah, never sleeping fitting. on a park bench. Yeah, if, if you believe in the basic Jesus um, myth, this is very fitting. This is very, very much is how you should envision a modern Jesus. Really? Without without a place to sleep? Without a roof over his head? The the, the modern genius is, is the modern Jesus is is a homeless vagrant. Yeah. Instead instead of a you know a, um a a, a um, instead of God providing for him and making sure he God provides him with a place to sleep where it's warm and dry, God has has forsaken His Son again. Maybe it's a reminder to tithe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I just I just think that there's a complete different, the opposite way to look at this from where you, where you're going with this, Ian. Um, I think it actually says something about um the believers, especially when you know. Early, early on, someone actually saw this a homeless guy, and instead of doing anything charitable, calls the cops because oh my god, they doing kind of thing. I honestly believe if Jesus were, um, were to do his second coming, first off, no one would recognize him because he'd be black and wouldn't look a thing like what we've turned him into. Second, Wait, he, he wouldn't would have bas- blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> second, he would basically be homeless, and he the good Christians 
would not be taking him in. So this is very much fitting. Wait, wait. So, have, you, so you're saying, wait, the, so the good Christians wouldn't be helping out their Lord and Savior? They, well, they wouldn't recognize him. Uh, he would be shunned. He, they would see him as a, a black guy. I think most of them would probably be scared of him. This homeless black guy coming up <laughs> towards them. Oh my God! So you're saying, so you're saying that the that these good Christians would would not are are, are not so good, and and so you're you're saying that a modern day Jesus would be shunned by his own people. I, I honestly, I, I believe that if, if Jesus is real, so let's say, let's for sake of argument, say the Bible is real and there will be a second coming and Jesus will return exactly like how he was before. The way the Bible describes him, the majority of the, the Christians would not recognize him, would not acknowledge him. And he would, um, and the way our system treats homeless people right now, the way these good Christians treat homeless people right now. He would basically be sleeping on a park bench. Wait, are we talking about the Republican Party again? Yeah, well, he might be. <laughs> well, but okay, but isn't he? He's supposed to, to to manifest what he needs, right? So he can he can at least manifest himself a pop tent so he can sleep where it's dry. Ah, <laughs> uh, there was no indication of maybe that nice in the air mattress so that he can so that he can be off the off the cold ground. Well, I don't think to he's there. To be fair. Go ahead. Even, yeah, even if he could, I don't think he would. If you look at the way Jesus is in the Bible, he didn't perform the miracles for himself. He performed them for other people. And he so, cursed the fig tree because he got pissed off. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was for himself. But it, it wasn't. It didn't really gain him anything. No, it the didn't. Idea, it didn't gain right? him anything. Well, yeah. I just so, I just think that that that's that's awful. That you know the idea that um that Jesus today would be a homeless vagrant and and nobody would help him not even the christians wow that's uh, that that's pretty now, scary that that's contrary to to what they're telling us that they would yep. actually do but it it fits what how they act i'm sorry it does <laughs> Well, don't well, apologize. Fair, they're used to seeing they're used to seeing him depicted in like a gilded, you know, a gilded, uh, beautiful rectory with stained glass windows and all this pomp and circumstance and ostentatious displays of you know golden chalices and all of that kind of stuff. They wouldn't recognize him without all the trappings of wealth. Hmm. Yeah, and he had none of that. You you look at the biblical Jesus. He didn't have that. He didn't walk around and make a big scene over how great he was. He came in and he he preached. He promoted. You know, certain qualities in man and um, often wasn't treated because, you know, how dare he speaks up about being nice to people and changing our ways. And I honestly believe if we were to have a second coming like the Bible predicts and, you know, Jesus is supposed to be this specific kind of character, no one would listen to him now. Especially not the good Christians who, you know. Who already have all the answers. What? Who already have all the answers. Yeah. And they'll go to their politicians and their... um, priests and stuff first and say hey wait a moment this guy's busy doing you know preaching this new way of thinking and the majority of the time the priests and the politicians will tell him, no 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 that, that guy's wrong yeah <laughs> I well, believe that. what's scary about that is if, if you're right they have basically forsaken their whole religion yeah <laughs> well they don't but, live like they believe anyway right they well that's true they don't i yeah i just yeah i mean yeah that, that that's true I mean, if, if the purpose in, in putting Jesus sleeping homeless on, you know, on a park bench is, is that Christians aren't, aren't um, you know, uh, walking the walk, uh, they're probably right. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It was a, it's a cool piece of art. I thought it was good. Yeah, well, and, and to be fair, he doesn't look cold, so it's probably okay. He's got the blanket. Yeah, he's I bet got he the blanket. feels cold, though. Holy cow. Well, I, he's made of stone. How could he feel cold? He's made of bronze or something. Yeah. Isn't is it bronze? Yeah, good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that'll weather well, too. That's good. He's in good shape. get that nice patina. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Do we have anything else? No, I think I we're think good. good. Okay, good. Well, say good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share-Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.